Okay, this is Angel Sue speaking up for herself. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Stargate Roundtable. And we welcome you all in the light of God that never, never fails. And in the office of the Christ, and only in the office of the Christ, we are invoking those loving energies of St. Germain and the violet flame. Okay, wonderful. All right, Doctor, that's fantastic. I'm going to get some questions off your website. I'll share the website with the other panel members, and we'll talk to you around uh, 8 o'clock your time. We're asking now for the highest energy and highest love to be here with us, and the technical situations to be blessed with the best outcome possible. So with this, just settle in. We're about to connect in with all of our support team. If you'll just get that energy from your head, to allow it to drift down into your heart, and let that calmness come to you, where your heart is ever so much more efficient than your brain ever could so as you call in your guides your masters your beloved higher self and your twin flame know now that all of us together are going through immense I'm saying immediate but immense is the correct word calibrations and that we're allowing these new energies and new guidance to settle in and operate this week for us, this weekend. And so with this great intention that miracles happen beyond anything that we even know what to ask for is coming to us throughout this entire year. Intend that this peace that you are focusing on more and more intentionally or subconsciously is such a boon, such a blessings such a wonderful work to offer to the world. Just intend that it just come through in the perfect manner at the perfect time. Whether it's constantly or in reaction to something that you are a part of. Perhaps one of your councils of light. And with this peace breath that I'm asking you to take in and exhale, think of when you have felt your very best, your most wonderful. Intend that your body surpass that memory and incorporate it and magnify it even more than ever before. 
and think about the things that are going on in your life for your yourself, for the people that you claim, for all the beings that we're aware of through the medias, from all the changes that are going on on our planet. And this is where we get to call in all beings associated. (coughs) Pardon me, I cough from time to time. (coughs) All beings associated with Nasara, with our Faction Three White Knights and our Galactic Forces of Light. For all of us and the light workers, the light dancers, the light weavers. All beings that crave to serve with the divine in their lives ever more bright. And so for all of this, we call in the beings known and unknown, seen and unseen, that are associated with all of this, bringing the divine ever more beautiful here on earth, within, upon, and around. And as we do this, claiming ourselves as the divine child that we are, here we say we are all one with the law of one, the original law of creation. And when one is harmed, all are harmed. Yet as one is helped, then all are helped. Therefore, in the name of who we are, And we are one with all there is. Awati. And we ask that only the highest good of all concerned happen here for ourselves and for all the beings that yearn to bring forth peace, health, joy, happiness, prosperity, freedom, sovereignty, all these good blessings and more. And we give thanks that this is done in the office of the Christ. So be it, and so it is. Now, please take yet another peace breath. And let light Fill every atom, every cell, and extend out far beyond just the locality you are, but it washes across each part of the planet. That's how truly powerful you are when you're in the heart space, and your intent is all you need. And so with this, I pass the talking stick, and may you have wonderful blessings in 2020. Well, hello, everybody. This is Vinayak, and uh, I've had a very insightful last couple of days. I'd like to share with you that I have been playing... On YouTube, there's seven hours of 
20 positive mantras that I listened to for the last couple of nights, last night and the night before last. And the alignment and the joy and the blissfulness that I've been experiencing upon awakening and throughout my day has been absolutely wonderful. I also listened to uh, Wayne Dyer's presentation of a seminar that he gave uh, that's available on Hay House. And uh, he's recommended this book, which I also purchased and started reading, called The Impersonal Life by Joseph uh, Benner. And I highly recommend it. Wayne Dyer, when he was alive, uh, at some point in his life, he said he read it eight times from cover to cover. Elvis Presley carried a copy with him everywhere he went and gave thousands of copies of that book away because it so impacted both of their lives. So uh, that's all the news I have in Hawaii at the moment. Uh, I'm looking forward to the wonderful eclipse and life is wonderful. And I leave you with the thought of a mantra that I've been doing uh, anytime I wake up in the middle of the night or upon going to sleep. And that is one that I'm sure you've all heard of before, which is be still. And know that I am God. For we are all gods expressing through our spiritual beingness. And I invite you to be extremely grateful if you're able to hear this broadcast as well as able to take the next breath because we are blessed and we have won. The light is upon us and the love has never been more significant than it is now. Be still and know that I am God. Namaste. And I pass the talking stick. All right. Um, you know, um, I was just asking, this is Caroline Oceana Ryan. Hello, everyone. And I was just asking the collective if they have anything they wanted to add uh, to what people are saying. And um, what they would like to emphasize is that the news is showing a bit of a shakeup on different fronts, militarily, socially, um, politically, etc., and they're just saying, keep calm. Don't let your state of mind or your state of emotional well-being be set into rocky motion, like you've hit rough seas, just because somebody pulled the rocky motion lever. We don't have to fall for that. So come back to the inner self, stay calm, stay in your body, 
you don't have to imagine awful things happening. I know there are fires in Australia. I've been posting about it a lot on Facebook and encouraging people to do the mass healing event that Melanie Tonia Evans had on Facebook yesterday. She still has the recording up. If you go to her Facebook page, she's really wonderful. Uh, we did a lot on the abundance call last night to heal ourselves and to heal the earth of trauma. There's so much you can do that's positive, but feeling fearful is not going to be one of those things. And why would you want to spend a, se a single second on this lovely earth feeling distressed when you don't have to? So that's just what they're giving people. Listen to music that's beautiful and high vibrational. Meditate, talk to your team, do something creative, do some drumming, whatever you need to do to stay in a positive frame of mind. Don't watch the news if it's going to throw you. And don't go to social media if that's going to throw you. Um, stay calm where you are. And as you're anchoring that lovely peacefulness, that lovely stillness, you help establish it. That is the norm for everywhere on the planet. So thank you for all you do in that way. Yes. So passing the talking stick. Greetings, everyone. It's been a wild few days in the jungle. Let me tell you that. There are so many beings in the other realms willing to help us if we only ask. And so many people refuse to ask a very simple question. The very simple question can be something like, can someone help me understand why my emotions are going through what they're going through? Those of us that are spiritually aware and those of us that are empaths, we feel so much energy. And it's not always our own emotional state that we're feeling. So sometimes you have to reach out and ask your guides and the other realms for help. I did that myself this week. And I met a beautiful little insect-style being who was so tiny. He could ride on the top of the hair on my leg. And I thought, what's this thing? And I thought, and I was going to brush it off. I heard this little voice. No, you asked for help. So I'm helping in the way that I can. My feelers can take, and I'm going to brush your etheric energy pattern off and clean it from the residue of all the emotion that's floating around the world right now. Because this emotion is also coming from Mother Earth herself. The other day I went out into the yard to talk to my fairy friend that's been living in the tree for months. And I looked and she wasn't there. I thought, well, maybe she's out somewhere doing something. So I called to her and said, well, where are you? You know, I'm out here. I'd like to have a chat. She says, all of us are going to Australia right now. All the Edelmetal Kingdom is going to Australia to help with the heart center of the earth and assist Mother Gaia in her healing. Because Mother Earth is also in a healing mode. So we must respect that her healing mode is earth, air, fire, wind. So she's doing what she can do to heal the planet and what we can do to help is simply 
extend our love and light to all the animals and all the people that are fighting these things all over the thing to help to contain the life force of the planet. Namaste. So this is Tara. As you've noticed, everybody, Greetings, we're all keeping it as a team and mer keep Marita in a circle of support. She's skating on ice, uh, uh, going very slowly on her way home, unexpectedly a bit. Uh, I won't say delayed, just perfect timing for us to do teamwork. What do you say? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, Rama's been uh, getting some very wild messages, <laughs> it, as you said, Captain Randy. And, um, yes. And I, I, I think the advice is well taken for everyone. The uh, the news is very naughty. I don't know how else to put it. Um, Yet, uh, I'm going to pick up that gauntlet. Caroline wrote something here that um, I don't know if everybody knows, but yesterday, early in the morning yesterday, Rama was listening to BBC News and Prince Harry and Meghan uh, had the BBC News said that um, they made a formal public statement early yesterday morning uh, that we are formally stepping back from our royal duties and we are going to move to North America. That's what they said early yesterday morning. It's yeah. kind of shaped itself since then. And raise our son, Master Archie, just to remind everybody, they refused to give him <laughs> any title connected to the monarchy from birth. They, they call him Master March Archie. And our lovely collective, along with our sister here, Caroline said, when I asked, that this is an incarnation of Master's Wow, cool. And I just said, uh, and um, we could go over that, but I'm just going to say, he's one of the two primary masters that are, as you go into the archway, into the Wheaton um, Illinois entranceway of the Theosophical Society, which is the home base for the Theosophical Society for the entire Western Hemisphere. It's Joao Kuhl and Master Katumi. And uh, un, 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 um, we can't keep count of how many times Joao Kuhl and Katumi would come through Madame Blavatsky as she was the founder of the Theosophical Society. She founded it in uh, Madras, India. And then she went to London as, on invite, on, upon being invited uh, by the, uh, you might say, uh, by, by the wealthy... Um, uh, um, One percenters. Yes, but... What do you call them? The leadership of all the European countries and uh, and England, 
in particular, but she was invited uh, to show up there. So she set up another Theosophical Society there. And then she was guided to come to the United States. And she was the first Russian woman to become a U.S. citizen. Uh, knowing that there's some hanky-panky going on behind the scenes of that. But nonetheless, she showed up with that higher vibration. And so what we're here to say is that it's overriding now. You know, there's something called the Lucius Trust, and the CIA took over all the Theosophical Societies by that entity, and they forced some untruths to be yeah. functioned and funneled through. And the biggest one is that they said Christopher Columbus was St. Germain. Yeah. And that's absolutely not true. And we all know why at this point in time. But uh, this awakening now, you know, it's Sir, um, it's, uh, uh, Sir Nicholas Ypsilantis, is that mm. what his name was. And he was a person of color and a navigator of the seas. He built his own ship, and he came over here long before 1492. And he did some all kinds of different things here. It has nothing to do. There's a wonderful book, and I would recommend everybody take a look at it and get out of your library. The Secret Destiny of America by Manly Palmer Hall. Manly Palmer Hall being the reincarnation of Madame Blavatsky, born in 1901, I believe. And um, Madame Blavatsky uh, was poisoned, took about five years for her to die. So she, she passed over in 1891. So there was a 10-year interim, and then she came back in the form of this master being, Manly Palmer Hall. So all of her teachings were uh, 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 focused around, uh, especially St. Germain, because that's what the Theosophical Society's focus is. And this master's wild cool, Master Archie, coming through, you should see, uh, We got. I haven't got it in front of me, but pulling out Joao Kuhl's itinerary of what he's doing. It's mainly teaching people how to ascend. ET 101 to the highest level from there. So here's Megan, and Megan and Prince Harry know a whole lot of things. Between the two of them, they have, as here, they, they have backed off from their royal duties, and they're coming they're going to move to North America is what that was saying at the beginning of yesterday morning and uh, and raise their son, uh, Master Archie, independent of the royal influence. We are working at being financially independent and successful. I'll say that was the BBC News. And then... We got this uh, as, as you might say, rather rude retaliation because they never informed Her Royal Heine about what they were <laughs> going to do or set out anybody's plans. They just said did it. did it. And she was rather annoyed, to say the least. And now they're 
they're taking down these wax edifices in a museum there. Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. I've been there. It's very, it's wild. There's okay. one in Hollywood, too. And what do you mean by wild? They are actual statues of people that are in wax. And some of them are very much, they look just like the people. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. And just to tie this in, this is huge. Uh, you know, Rama was told at least 20 years ago or more when these kids were knee-high to a grasshopper. I mean, they're, they're about, thir- I think... I think Megan is older than Prince Harry by a bit. Not too much. I think she's like 37 or 38. And Prince Harry might be 35 or 36. So that's not too far. Although what I'm saying is that the King of Swords told Ronald way back then that William would not take the throne. And that, you know... You might say Prince Harry would take over from there. He didn't discuss what that meant. So here's Prince Harry discussing it with the world without the queen in the way. That's fantastic. So there was some uh, process that uh, today on France 24, they filled in a few other blanks um so um hmm so wait a minute I gotta find it here um hmm so um um well let me just go on with this um just there's a couple of things they narrowed it down to um, Megan lived and worked up until 2015 in Toronto and she had quite a, a, a you know as an actress but she was working in a suit they said you know she had a particular job description you might say that that was Suits is the name of the show she was an actress on. Oh, thank you. Tell me more. I think, <laughs> I think they were attorneys. I don't know. I never saw it. I never watched it. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, thank you. That that helps. Um, and so uh, Harry and Meghan and the Queen... Um, uh, they're saying here uh, on France 24, we have to remember that the protocol in the royal family in the UK is such that announcements like this are usually well prepared in advance and that they'll get, um, they'll get um, the authority, authorization, not only of Her Royal Majesty, the Queen, rather also from Prince Charles and probably Prince William. Uh, this has just, you know, 
come out of the blue. There were discussions taking place between Harry, Meghan, and the Queen, yet they did not have any idea the re- uh, what was going to come down at that time. The rest of the royal family, they were going to go ahead and publish this deep announcement as soon as they did, as as soon as they did. In other words, they didn't, uh, they sideswiped the queen too. That's kind of interesting. A uh, little collateral damage here. Uh, so I think the feeling today, this is the reporter on France 24, is one of, well, we weren't expecting this. And after the accident last year of Prince Philip's, the problems of Prince Andrew and his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein just as well thought uh, it couldn't get any worse for the British royal family. And then, bam, this comes out. So it's going to be a difficult period for them. And I do not really know where this is all going to lead to, to be quite honest with you, Janie. Janie's uh, France 24 is our uh, host. Now, the royal, the royal or soon not to be royal couple is expected to be living at least part of the time in Canada. Why Canada? And what might they be doing there? And then the answer is, as you look at the way things have been happening over the last couple of years since they got married, they have been pretty miserable as members of the royal family. Now, you remember back in the old days, up until 2015, Megan had this job working in suits. Now we know that it's a series. Is that what you mean by that, Caroline? Like a series, a TV series? Yeah, TV series, yes. Oh, okay. Where she played one of the key roles and lived in Toronto, Canada. They have just been to Canada for another long break. Um, uh, uh, you might say a very, very long weekend, you know, and it is co- a Commonwealth country. So it has strong links with the UK. I think those are three good reasons that they have chosen Canada as a place they would like to live in. And also, Megan, and I don't think they would be relishing the climate here at the moment. That would be... a. Uh, 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 everybody knows no means no on that one. And also, Meghan uh, Merkel, um, uh, she's she's just, uh, she's a person of color, and she's talented, and everybody knows her on this side of the, you know, in the world, I guess, from her acting career. And I just remembered that she had, she has still got a, a cosmetic business. Mm-hmm. It's high end, and I remember the queen was trying to get a cut of it, and she just slapped her on the hand and said, "Hands off!" She said, "Not in your life, <laughs> you know. I'll do my own uh, 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 managing of this. Thank you very much." So. Again, the King of Swords was pointing out that 
as Prince Harry shows up, that Meghan was on his, you know, uh, repertoire at the time. But what the king said is that he will represent the end of the monarchy because he will be the breaker of the whole thing. And so, you know, Caroline was saying yesterday on her abundance call as I was talking about this, well, Prince Harry can choose anytime she can come back, you know, he can choose something to participate. So, uh, Ram, you know, um, what we're told is that he wasn't going to, he was going to uh, dismantle along with a lot of other folks and all the occurrences the entire monarchy yeah and that has to do with the faction three white knights because they're part of the old paradigm the luciferian hologram the fallen angelic hologram uh with their uh desperate hold or hopeful hold on everybody on earth right now the kind of suffering that has been imposed by these characters and I don't want to say it harshly I just want to say it like it is because uh, yesterday uh, it goes on here and Rama says I was looking at my Twitter feed there and there I, I read that Dr. Greer Dr. Stephen Greer stated in 2001 at the first disclosure press conference that, quote, weapons in space would not be tolerated, period. Then I tweeted a hello to Lady Nada and to the King of Swords. They tweeted back to me, Lord Rama, the POTUS. And I'm going to expand on that because Rama asked a few questions about that today. Uh, that the POTUS being singled out you must remember that he's got overlords called those 13 tiers, the monarchy, the Vatican, the fallen angels, the Anunnaki is another level of fallen angels, and there's a third level of fallen angels, and then what else is done? The United Nations. Remember that Lady Master Nod is a special lawyer uh, in the International Court of Justice, and she uh, presides over the General Assembly and gives speeches many many over the last five or six years and they all know who she is and so she is intervention because she's both galactic and human in the sense that she's the head of the solar <coughs> tribunal on saturn which means she brings with her both realms and we need to know that there has to be a representation from this level that's why the international court of justice uh, and it's not being said out here. It's only been said to Rama through the King of Swords that uh, Barack Obama signed the whole United States onto the International Court of Justice as well as the ICC, whether they say the opposite or not. That's not the point, and that's not the point now because we, the people, you know, forget all this other stuff. We must move and 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 put our bodies and our spirits into that higher consciousness state, like Caroline and Captain Randy and Vinayak was saying. A reading seven hours of did you say how many mantras, uh, Vinayak? Twenty. Uh, 
Are you there, Vinayak? Uh, I hope everybody can hear us. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes we can hear you. 20 mantras um, on YouTube. It's 20 positive mantras, seven hours worth of uh, mantras that play. I play it at just barely audible. And I sleep all the way through the night and wake up amazingly. So. Oh, that works. That really works. That is great. Is there a, a website that you can give out that we could all go look? Yes, I, I will find it and I will come back on and uh, share it with you. Thank you, Glenai. Great. Okay. And then, uh, okay, and everybody mute out because so it's not actually after you're done. Oh, I hear a big old echo here. Uh, Okay, and then you can unmute anytime. But um, Caroline was talking about uh, Jane Fonda. She was on the other night on Steve Colbert. And what she, okay, that's great. Thank you, Randy. And um, uh, she uh, was talking about, you know, she got arrested about five times in the last two or three weeks because she's been leading demonstrations in D.C. and it's been growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, I mean, the protesting of what's been going on in the White House is the subject material. And so then Steve Colbert asked, she said, well, um, should people do that? What happens when after you get arrested? And then the first thing she said is wear a whole bunch of layers of clothes because they're going to keep you overnight. So then you can take a layer and make a pillow, and then you can take another layer and lay it down, and then you can have something over you, and you can have a nice little rest. And then they're going to ask for $50 in order to get out, and uh, or they're going to demand that <laughs> you don't get out. And so what she said after that is she said, um, as you do not have that money, I will pay for it. This is huge. And she said, you know, I'm white. You know, I'm a white female. I am world famous. And uh, so I have a better uh, 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 attention span by the public. And, uh, and that being said, uh, everybody's welcome on this boat. And I'm just, because she can, she's doing this. And, I mean, Jane Fonda is 82 years old, and she doesn't look a day over, I don't know, 60 maybe, maybe. And I, I'm just saying, there is a change happening. More people than ever are willing to get out there and do this. And with her offering that, that's going to increase it. So, anyway... The POTUS has violated his oath of office, yet it's that big pyramid structure that's ordering things to be done. And this man 
in so many ways does not have the access to the tools he needs in any way, shape, or form. Plus, now he's snorting two things, not just the Adderall. He's got Sudafeds or something, and he's mixing them together. And Rama took a picture of President Trump uh, yesterday, and there's this bright blue under both eyes. And as you know, the face, uh, you know that underneath the eyes represents the kidneys. So he's snorting it. It's going up through his brain. Then it's going into the body and it's filtering through the urine into the kidneys. And I'll just tell you one thing. Bright blue is not a thing for the kidneys to be handling at all. And... You know, kidney failure is not far away when you're seeing stuff like this. Mm. And he gave that speech, was that yesterday morning? Yes. And he was slurring his words. He He was, you know, taking big old snorts. And I'm just going to say he's not the focus. He did not do this because there's no power in the presidency. None, there never was. Because there's no access to the Constitution whatsoever, that means that oligarchical fascist state is in power at the deep state level, and you do what you're told, or um, oh, okay. Uh, Captain Randing saying, as the area is black, the liver as well is affected, but his is never black. It's always this bright blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I remember Bill Clinton was the first one. Everybody said, what's the matter with that guy's eyes, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But um, that doesn't mean there isn't something wrong with his liver, Captain Randy. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh But the point we're making now is we are becoming, as a world, aware of the power that we have as a people and the use of a positive way of working together to state our case. All right. Uh, So um, before I, I call on you, Penny, let me just finish this last little bit here. So the, the, uh, the POTUS, through his orders and all of those people that are filtering down to give those orders, they are all responsible for the violation of the oath of office that was mouthed by this person's mouth. Uh, And it was to uphold and defend the Constitution, which is not accessible to anybody. Thus, President Trump, symbolically represents all of that pyramid as having outright committed an act of premeditated murder regarding what happened here today. And then the note goes here. We said this is a private conversation, a formal disclaimer, and I am making up a sci-fi movie and I love to lie. Rama's saying that. In other words... That's just what we do in order to just let everybody know uh, that, you know, 
you know, take it or leave it. This is what we're saying. So this con conjunction coming up January 12th, this Sunday, is going to transform us, the entire planet, and the whole solar system, and of course everything else, but that's the, the, the you might say, the core of it. All of those bodies are completely going through uh, the a transformation that's we we it's you might say it's unknown at this point. We have hardly a clue as to how all of this is going to look. Yet I'm getting some feelings, and I think everybody else here this uh, day has said that too in their way. And so then they said, "See you on the bridge, Lord Rama. Have a nice day." And then today, one more penny. And God Sloopy. Uh, <laughs> um, today, yes, Rama, you got to get your notes and tell the rest of the story because I only got a little bit of it. So pick up your notebook and tell the rest of us the story. Um, Rama started off, let me just say what you started off with. He said, I received a call late this morning from Katrina Vanden Heuvel and Tom the Ringtail Cat. They both said to me, Lord Rama, President Trump, and that whole other pyramid structure ordered the international Ukrainian flight out of Tehran, headed to Kiev, Ukraine, to be shot down. Yeah. Everything else out there is a total lie. They're blaming it on Russia and even saying that there's Russian-made missile parts on the ground. And then Rama asked Katrina... And uh, Tom, uh, how did those get on the ground, you know, when you just told me what you told me? And she didn't say a word. No. And he didn't say a word. There, In other words, this is we'll down, all know soon enough. Down to the very wire, because um, Astar is on red alert. Oh, put it in that way, there will be no nuclear war. But they are pushing right to the very edge, and this is why we need to blaze the violet fire and focus on the... Yeah, including the fact that Iran said, uh, by law, we had the right to do what we did on those two air bases, and they're not U.S. air bases. They are Iraqi air bases, and Iraq is hosting our military on their bases. And the U.S. is, um, whether it's going back and forth or not, the U.S. will leave Iraq. One way or the other. One way or the other. And the thing is that's so wonderful is that the... Iraqi parliament as a whole told the United States to kindly leave. So we not only dishonored Iran because they had the right to do what they did by law and they said we're done. Unless, you know, something gets river pushed and now we know that the river got pushed. In other words, these elites think that they can do anything they want and blame it on anybody they want. They've been doing the blame game with Russia from the beginning of time. Okay, so Penny, you want to tell Cara? us? Yes. 
Did you know that Iran sent messages six hours before they sent the missiles to all the bases to prepare that the missiles are coming? Yep. And they all had enough time to get to the underground bunkers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everybody's following the law except one bunch of stinking characters here that we all know who they are. But uh, um, thank you. (coughs) Penny, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here, Tara. All Uh, right. I just wanted to say that when you were talking about the blue under his eyes, I think it was last night I watched a program with him on, or the, uh, yes, I think it was last night, and his face was painted with, like, orange makeup. It's like he had, his cheekbones were orange, and it was the weirdest looking makeup I'd ever seen, and I'm wondering whether he put his own makeup on, or it was somebody's idea of a joke. It was terrible. And then, of course, he speaks in that funny way. His eye—you can see his—it's very—it's a very patronizing sound to my ears. So then he looks to one side and reads so many lines off the board, and then he turns to the other side and he reads in that particular way that is a monotonous and b very—it's to me—I I always use the word condescending the way he talks. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but that's how I don't—I don't even think Penny that he's got a control or grasp of himself at all he is so out of his body that it's like he's being you know he's just he can't even focus he can't even read a prompter it's mm-hmm. it's it's serious it's extremely mm-hmm. serious the condition that he's in you cannot be in that condition for long no and I, I was asked, uh, you know, how do they keep this guy alive? And I said, it's probably the fifth, sixth, or seventh clone at least. Mm-hmm. In other words, when one goes bye-bye, and one did go bye-bye uh, uh, at that time when he went to the hospital, you know, they and yeah. they asked him, why didn't you put your tie? And he said, well, I'm just going for a regular checkup. They don't they may make me take off my tie anyway. Okay, good, fine, thank you. And right. Well, what what you're saying, Tara, makes what um, the Pompeo and Pence are doing all the more malicious and evil. And I can't think of all the other words because they're manipulating him um, um, uh, grossly and uh, well, maliciously. That's not a strong enough word. They're using him, and they're going to spit him out for lunch when they're done with him. And those uh- two are just as bad. I'm just going to say there's something called the Faction Three White Knights that are going to give them a little surprise visit Mm -hmm. at the right time when they may least expect it. And they're going to let this go all the way down the road so that people can see how evil they are. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. is not just in the U.S. The world has... uh, they, they have said enough. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's, there's the three articles I sent you and the, and the list uh, about Pompeo being and Pants being involved with the um, 
that church caught terror. We, we did a lot of reading on that that organization a, a while ago. And uh, eh? the Dominionists, that's who I'm talking about. The Dominionists. That, that Dominionist Church of America is connected with the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. That is yeah. a 75-page document that talks about um, wherever two or more are gathered, that's called an assembly. And Jesus wrote about it, right? Yes, that's because right. I'm there. Mm-hmm. And the Dominionist Church of America, meaning the, the Zionists, the Nazis, the Luciferians, Rome, Vatican equals Rome. Rome never fell. They just transferred the power and called it something different and told everybody that they were sinners and that they would have to be born again of that water and that Holy Spirit, which is Lucifer. (laughs) And um, it's not working anymore. It really is not working anymore. People... but the, the discussion in those pages were was about uh, Pompeo having the vision of the apocalypse and that he's doing everything he can to it. There were some details in that that were really scary because we've never heard a lot about Pompeo, um, about the person that was writing about it, knew about him, and he's, um, he's just as bad as Pence, or worse. Well, uh... Or they, they're all the same, I guess. <laughs> they are quite different characters, you know. My my take on both of them is so different. And the thing that's uh, but they share that that they share that dominionist vision of the apocalypse and and you know war is the way to get there so that they can all rise and go to heaven and everybody else will die because they're sinners. Yes, in except a nutshell. Pants is a pedophile for the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. He's, he's having sex with little boys and little girls for the last 20 years and saying that his wife has to come with him because he's such a pure-hearted person. He can't be with another woman. What? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what about, is, is Pompeo a pedophile too? Do, do you guys know anything about that? Uh, he's more of a arms dealer and... Uh, dirty dealings with the international uh, circuit of how the international warlords play their games, selling F-16s and F-35s. And Ooh, that dirty stuff! Yada yada. And being the head of the C- being the head of the CIA, he's ordered every kind of murder that could happen. Yeah. Just being a mob boss only having the title of the CIA, not to mention ordering torture and child trafficking, everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, our, so Pence, hello, Pence Tara, has Tara. white hair and is pure, whatever. Okay, I'll sign off. Right, it's 8 o'clock. Okay? No mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just very quickly. I know Dr. Dean is with us now, so I'll make it very short. But for those people who are interested... In the mantras that I listen to, the easiest way to find it is go to YouTube and put in positive 
energy mantras. And it's 20 mantras for positive energy. Mantra meditation music 2020. Well, really Wonderful. Bad, but if I could just get that repeated. Uh, go to YouTube, put in positive energy mantras. Yes. Yeah. 20, 20 mantras for positive energy. Mantra meditation music 2020. <coughs> and you'll find it immediately. It'll come up. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're amazing mantras. And and uh, Om Namah Shivaya. <coughs> Excuse me. Om Namah Shivaya is one of uh, the 20 I remember hearing. Mm -hmm. But there are many. And uh, just like I said, it just has to be below audible and um, just barely audible. And you don't even have to try to listen to it because your subconscious will pick it all up. Yeah. And it literally transforms your day when you wake up. Thanks, so. All right. I love you all. And Dr. Dean uh, and Caroline, we'll let you take it. The talking stick. Okay, wonderful. Well, everyone, this evening we are welcoming Dr. Robert Dean, who practices out of Kingman, Arizona. He's a board-certified hypnotherapist and a union-certified clinical hypnotherapist who enters Doctor of Philosophy in Clinical Hypnotherapy. And um, what he provides is what he calls proven, safe, state-of-the-art, scientifically structured clinical hypnotherapy that has satisfied hundreds of thousands of people. He's been at it quite a while. He and his wife run the New Life Clinic's Charitable Trust. So he, this is a, a nonprofit. Uh, they don't draw a salary. And it's just purely done out of the joy that Dr. Dean experiences working with patients and helping them achieve their desired goals. Um, and, you know, he's lived quite a life. He's, uh, he's been doing this full-time volunteer group hypnotherapist since 1993, um, fully licensed fixed-wing aircraft pilot, a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps, um, married to Janet D. Dean, who's a volunteer director of admin and finance for the foundation, two sons and nine grandchildren. Um, really quite amazing. We're just going to ask about his work and ask specifically what are the biggest things that hypnosis, hypnotherapy can do for us. So, Dr. Dean, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me on. Wonderful. Um, I can imagine, you know, our panel members will have questions, but I'll just get things started um, by asking, you know, what brought you into hypnotherapy? Because, you know, you and I are at an age where we can remember that people were not too open about that or used to make ridiculous jokes about it for a while there. And then things started to open up. So at what point did you start to think, wow, I should get into this, and um, what drove you, you know? Well, I was in the school that hypnosis was 
something. A person got on stage with a purple cape and swung a watch yes. and had people go up and make love to metal folding chairs on stage in Las Vegas. When yes. I was in the Marine Corps, I brownbacked for the last six months. I'd been married, and I traveled to other what they call brownbackers. Those are married Marines that commute instead of they go from the base to home at 16, 30 hours, like a regular civilian does, unless we're in combat, of course. And uh, this fellow said he got his hands on a record that uh, tells you how to hypnotize people. I said, really? I said, well, bring it with you. I'd like to listen to it. Out of utter curiosity, I don't know why he even asked for that. But he brought the record the next day. And I played it several times to understand basics of how you could hypnotize somebody in a very amateur way. So, of course, the first the, you know, first person I wanted to try that out on was my wife, which was hilarious. I actually hypnotized him. And we were newlyweds at the time, and she had a little uh, figurine of an elephant on the coffee table. And it was always kept to the right side in hypnosis. I told her to move it to the left, and she wouldn't remember that, creating amnesia for that effort. Then I brought her out of hypnosis, and I asked her, why do you have the dolphin on the other side now? She says, well, I always have side. I'll make an excuse because I can't justify it. That's one of the unique things about hypnosis. And then I told her what I did, and she, of course, denied it because she couldn't remember it. Then I knew I was onto something, but then again, after that, what I learned about it and read about it, I mostly did it at parties and things like that. I was very much involved in trying to go a different direction. I ended up in the insurance business, and after many years of being in the insurance business, I had saved up enough money with the idea being I wanted to be a psychologist, and I'd have to pay for that doctorate, and it, it takes eight years. It's a lot of money, but I'd saved up the money, and in the, in, in the realm of what was going on, seeing how long you could take and get rid of the specific causes and a reaction to undesirable disorders uh, within minutes, where it takes a psychologist typically six months to five years, and you end up paying him what you'd buy a BMW for, I thought I would rather go with the hypnotherapy. And I, I learned in that time that it was a very professional, honorable career. Uh, it took a lot of work, a lot of education. I went ahead and got a doctorate in it, and I've been very active in it for about 30 years. I've been in practice. After a while, I had done very well. I decided to begin New Life Clinic's Charitable Trust as a nonprofit foundation where everybody would be able to get hypnotherapy either for free or at a very reasonably low cost, then specific common disorders for which hypnotherapy is the choice of therapies, such as smoking cessation, weight loss, stress relief, anxiety, depression, and so forth. But I didn't want to walk over that realm where I'm going to act like a psychologist or pretend I'm a licensed psychologist, and I'm not, and I don't pretend to be. But I am a board-certified clinical hypnotherapist, and there are many things in most states that you're allowed to do as a hypnotherapist that is not the act of practicing psychology. So that's where I draw the line. I'm not interested in dealing with people with schizophrenia or uh, many other type disorders that are beyond the scope of uh, help with hypnosis. But where hypnosis can help people, which is modification of their behavior to achieve certain desirable goals or to get rid of certain specific irritable goals or disorders, I should say, hypnosis is the way to go. So that's how I sort of got into it. It evolved. Really wonderful. I love the way um, you sort of, quote-unquote, accidentally heard about hypnotherapy from someone while you were still in the service, you know, because, I mean, do you believe in accidents? Having studied the subconscious for so long, do you think accidents really exist? Well, in a way, sometimes things were meant to happen. Uh, for instance, uh, I've, I've treated patients that, that have told me uh, I was meant to be here, and I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here, and then they were treated accordingly, and we got rid of the disorder. 
I don't think everything happens by pure chance or by accident. I think there's higher levels and uh, to reach here to understand this. Let's talk about a minute for the mind, a minute about the mind, if you don't mind. Then you'll understand, and a lot of people understand, why things happen which they don't know how they happened or why. Now, what I want you to do, and I want all your, your listeners to do, is to simply hold their hand up in front of their face looking at their palm, about six inches from their face. Now, hold your hand up and just stare in the palm of your hand. Now, do you all see the size of your hand? If you do, say yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, that's the size of your conscious mind. Now, that's a reference. That's an analogy. Now, put your hand down. Now, look around the room you're in. See how big it is? Pretty big, isn't it? That's the size of your subconscious mind. Now, look around the city you live wow. in. That is your spiritual mind. So you have three minds. They're always in operation with each other and pretty much are synced together. Now, your conscious mind is your logic. It makes two and two come up with four for you. We call it your thinker. Your subconscious mind does not know how to think. It's incapable of it because it's a programmed device that carries out a lot of things for you. About 90% of things you do all day are subconsciously happening and done. And I'll prove that to you in a minute. But it cannot make two and two come up before. It doesn't know how. If you, if you, if you programmed it to 7 and 17 equals 3, it would say, okay, it, it equals 3. Whatever program's in it, it will carry it out. The spiritual mind I won't get into this evening. That's a different that's a different conversation on some other phone call, I guess. It is very involved and very beautiful, very powerful, and has a lot of love in it, which is the most powerful entity throughout the far-flung universe. But for now, we'll talk about your conscious and subconscious mind as it relates to the science and state-of-the-art of hypnosis. Now, that conscious mind of yours, think of it as a Marine standing there with a rifle and a bayonet, standing guard. He is the one that protects you from having stuff going into your subconscious mind that really shouldn't go in there. However, with the art and style of hypnosis properly executed, we will ask that Marine to step aside and let us buy it, both you and I, arm in arm together, if you were my patient, into your subconscious mind where then we can explore it very rapidly and find the specific causes of your disorders. We do not treat in hypnosis a symptom. Your symptom is you're overweight, or you smoke, or you vape, or you're using drugs, or you, you can't get along, you can't stay married, you can't keep a job, you can't do this, you can't do this, and you're having that and the other, and all these problems. All right? That's a subconscious program stuck in there. It's causing you to behave like you are that person. For instance, smokers walk, talk, think, and act and behave like a smoker. And that's the cause. We are interested in getting rid of the cause. Your symptom is you smoke. We don't care about the symptom. We want to get rid of the cause. When you eliminate the cause, the disorder always disappears, rather rapidly and permanently. So that's what we attempt to do in hypnosis, is go past that marine guard called the conscious mind. And if we have a very good reason and we're very reputable and we have his trust, he'll let us in. Then when we're in there together, we will find out what really is causing you to do these things to yourself or preventing you from making self-improvements. We will then deal with that directly, reprogram that subconscious mind, take out what's causing the problem, and replace it with the programming that you particularly want, that we both agree upon, is in your best interest, and we'll get you what you want, the self-improvement you desire. We then both leave the mind and leave you in such a condition but you physically feel like you're 18 years old again. You feel fantastic. Nothing bothers you anymore. You feel forgiven. 
We're giving you a free sheet of a free sheet of paper with a brand new sharp pencil, and you get to you know write your life out the way it really should go, the way you want it to go. That's basically a very basic overview of those two minds and what we do with them. Now, to prove to you how powerful your subconscious mind is, I'm going to ask you a question or two and just give a direct answer. There's no doubt in your time in your life you put a pair of shoes on that had shoe strings and you had to tie it. Did you notice when you tied your shoes, you weren't thinking about it? You just tied them. Have you ever noticed when you're driving down a road in deep thought, you're driving down a freeway in deep thought, and you missed your turnoff? That's because it was your subconscious mind that tied those shoes, so you didn't have to consciously think about it. If you had to think about tying your shoes, you're in your conscious mind. But when you just bend over and tie them, you may be thinking of something else. That's your subconscious mind tying your shoes. When you're driving down the road, you think you're thinking through your conscious mind how you're driving. You're not. You're listening to the radio. You're thinking about a dozen other things. And boom, bam, there you go, right past your turn off. Because your subconscious mind is driving your car for you rather than you consciously driving it. So that's basically some of the things that happen at the subconscious level. You go to work a certain way, you do certain things, you open doors the same way, you do a lot of things over and over again in a certain pattern the same way. That's your subconscious mind doing that for you. Now, it's in that subconscious mind, however, programs get into it. Give me an example. Uh, you're a youngster, seven or eight years old, and you bring home your report card. Your parents look at it. you got some C's, D's, and F's, and they admonish you for that. Oh, you stupid person, you. I'm ashamed of you. You can't even think. You're a dummy, so on and so forth. That child just got programmed to be stupid, and therefore that program is going to be carried out by the subconscious mind to behave and act stupid. They never get in college. They drop out of high school. They have a problem. They have a learning problem. Why? They got a perfectly good brain. They got the right DNA, the right, the right genes, but they got a bad program put in there quite by accident due to their parents' upsetness and anger about how the child's performing in school. So now they come in to me and they say, gee, I can't, I, I'm going to get his job. I got to take this test. I can't pass it. I can't even think about it. Help me. We go in and we find this particular problem. We bring it up through age regression. We take them back year, year after year, and finally the problem surfaces. There it is. We clear it out. We desensitize it. It has no further ability to affect that person. We then put in a new program that says, you know what? There's not a damn thing wrong with you. You're a fantastic person. You're brilliant. You have incredible memory. And we hear from that patient a month or two later, they got the job, they passed the test with flying colors, and they're really doing well being thought of to be promoted as supervisor. That's why I'm into hypnotherapy. Wow. It might take a psychologist years to figure that out, and it costs that patient thousands of dollars in fees. $140 session, the problem's done. That $140 goes where? To charity. We feed thousands of children. We buy wheelchairs for people born without legs. We do a lot of wonderful things for people. And that's why I do what I do. And it gives me peace. We're fine. We're fine. We're, we're okay. How about the other people, though? And that's where we're at with this. That is so brilliant. I'm wondering, um, for people who have phobias, which are attached to childhood traumas, isn't it a little bit of a sensitive area to work with those because they might revisit the childhood trauma in a way that's very upsetting for them? Yes, there is. People can have aberrations under certain conditions, all right? And we're prepared to deal with that. Okay. Phobia, again, is another Greek word translated literally means fear, okay? You can have fear okay. of spiders. You can have fear of heights. Again, we have to go into the cause. Your phobia, in other words, your, the way you react to that fear, what makes you afraid, if it's being in an elevator or whatever it might be, heights, you name it. 
That's the symptom. We don't treat symptoms. What makes you that way is what we're concerned about, and we're going to remove it and replace it with the opposite program that says you're not afraid of heights, you're not afraid of spiders, and so forth. But what about aberrations? To get past that marine guard, past that conscious mind, to allow it to go in, to allow us to go in there, we have to go back and find out what caused the particular problem to begin with. So we use what's called age regression hypnosis. This is where we take you at your existing age. Let's say, for instance, you're 50, and you really have a morbid fear of height. You can't even stand to go up in an elevator and look out the window, okay, when you get to the top floor. And we, we regress you back, usually two or three years, and now you're 50, now you're 47. Now, if you feel anything, you actually feel uncomfortable. At any age I mention, raise your forefinger on your hand. Now, you're in this deep trance state called somnambulism stage two. That's typically where we put a woman to have a baby without pain or for a man to have a root canal without anesthesia. It's very deep hypnosis. So we're telling you, all right, 53, then we go to 42, then 39, then 30. Finally, we hit seven years old. You've got this great tour of heights now. And your forefinger goes up. That's the signal. There's a problem there. Well, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're seeing. Okay, it's my uncle. Well, what about him? Well, he picked me up and he threw me in the air to play with me, and he almost dropped me, and it made me cry. And the person actually starts crying, all right? And then we said, it's okay. We tell them who they are, where they're at now. An uncle is no more. We relieve it. We desensitize it. And then we tell them they can actually enjoy going high if it's done safely and intelligently, such as an aircraft. Or to go up an elevator or a set of stairs, look at a building. There's a rail there. You're safe. You can enjoy the views. And we go into all that. And they're comfortable. The aberration's over with. We, they wipe the tears away from their eyes, and we bring them out of hypnosis, feeling extremely refreshed. And now they want to take and go over to the, the Grand Canyon and look down in it without, you know, feeling horrible feeling. you got to remember, I'm in Arizona, so we think that way. <laughs> yes, exactly so, right. Yeah, that, the aberrations do happen. Now, we can take you back to when you were beaten, raped, all kinds of horrible things have happened to people. But we will walk you through it in such a manner we, we desensitize them. As soon as we discover it, we don't sit there and linger on it. We don't play with it. We now know what it is. We've confirmed it. And you're in a horrible state of feeling. We now go about the business of giving you immediate relief. And in hypnosis, this is possible because what we're really doing is reprogramming your subconscious mind conversely to what was in it. We've removed the bad stuff and we immediately replace it with good stuff. So that ends immediately ends the aberration. The fear, the screaming, the crying, the panic. I, I, it's very rare I see a patient go over 30 seconds in that state before we completely wipe it out. So you don't avoid the trauma. You go, you, you face it, you help the person face it, and you remove that emotional charge, which is like a booby trap, really. It's a trap door they keep falling into. That's in right. life, exactly right. And you're you removing it to just say you're fine but, now. But here, but we don't create amnesia. I get to get that clear. We don't. We can give you amnesia, no. amnesia, but generally you'll dream that out in three to five days. So yeah. we don't have you forget the trauma. We have you look at it. It's like the Marines do not run away from gunfire. They charge towards it. That's how you win a war. In this case here, that's an analogy. In this case here, when this person goes into aberrations and we found the problem, we both acknowledge that is the problem, and then we both acknowledge it's no longer a problem. And why? Okay. At that point, we then bring in something to replace it. When you take something away, you must replace it with something, or you're leaving a hollow spot that can be filled with some bad stuff. 
So we immediately fill that hole. It's like pulling a bad tooth out of your gum and replacing it with a beautiful, perfect, capped, brand new tooth. Okay? Wonderful. There's no loss. You got a better tooth and there's no pain. There's no problem when you come out of the uh, anesthesia or whatever. You're fine. So in this case here, when we bring you out of hypnosis, you don't feel like you're missing anything. You just feel better. You feel different. You feel like everything's okay now. And whatever the problem was, maybe some people are fear, they have fear of all kinds of things, snakes, dogs, cats, you name it, uh, spiders, insects. People oh, have absolutely. You know, large areas, agoraphobia, and then confined areas, claustrophobia. If you, you can speak Greek really good, you can just rattle off everything that most psychologists can rattle off. Okay. Right. The difference, it, it, well, being Dr. a psychologist, it's all about language. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they, they have a better we language have, than us. That's, we have a caller on the line we want to speak with is Carlton. Sure. But I just want to let right. people know, if you want to call in and talk to Dr. Bob, that's fine. Um, the number is 888-429-5471. Okay, 888-429-5471. 5471. If you've got a question, maybe you've got an issue, you're wondering what hypnotherapy work with this, you know, whether you want to drop weight or stop drawing the wrong people into your life. Maybe you're dating people that you think, why do I continue this pattern? That sort of thing. Um, whatever your question is, that's fine. You can also call 323-744-4841. But Carlton, are you on the line? Yes, thank you, uh, Caroline. I appreciate it. Yep. Good, How good can evening. Dr. Bob help? Um, uh, thanks for being with us tonight. Um, let's um, let's go on the uh, the counter side for a moment because um, hypnotism deals with some issues that we've been looking at on a broader scale. I I like uh, your 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 input on understanding the amount of agreement that is uh, required to participate in hypnosis uh, and someone simply not agree to participate can hypnosis be forced on someone. And then let's go further and start looking at mind control and the whole M MK ultra scenario. I'd like to get your input on the dark, the dark uses of hypnosis and how we can recognize that and deal with it. Okay, in that order, I'll be happy to give you all that information, and it's fascinating, and I'm really glad you asked that, okay, because I'm asked that a lot, and that's because of the Purple Cape people in Las Vegas who make people bark like dogs. Number one, there's only two religions on the planet that do not and absolutely forbid the use of hypnosis, and that's Christian scientists and Seventh-day Adventists because they have a firm belief only God can heal which is fine. Everybody has free agency in the United States, especially in regards to one's religious belief. But those people will not submit to hypnosis under any circumstances. Well, that doesn't bother me. That's just their business. But it, that's a fact. All other religions, if you go to their home office, their headquarters, now if you talk to your local preacher, he might tell you, oh, no, you're demonically possessed. You have yourself open to, to possession and that sort of thing, which, again, is a belief system. But when you go to headquarters and you ask them, it's a stock answer, even for the most reserved religion. If it is done for clinical purposes, for pain relief and or character or behavioral modification for self-improvement, all right, it's, it's perfectly all right. But if it's used for any other purpose, they condemn it, and I agree with them. It should not be used unless it's for self-improvement, 
or to eliminate specific disorders for which hypnosis is the choice of therapies. If it goes beyond the ability of hypnosis, we should put it in the realm of a licensed, experienced psychologist's hands, or perhaps a medical doctor if it's getting on the medical end of things. All right, that's the first thing. Number two, is it a dark side? When you're in hypnosis, number one, you cannot be made ever to do anything against your will. For instance, if you're my patient and I have you in my private office, you're sitting on my sofa, you're very relaxed, you are definitely in a very deep somnambulistic state of hypnosis, which we call a trance. It's not like you're staring like some sort of a zombie. It's just they call it trance state is because when your eyes are open, you won't blink them in hypnosis. That's the problem, unless you wave your hands and blow air on them or something. They won't blink and they dry out. So we tell people to close their eyes so their eyes don't dry out. And they close their eyes in hypnosis. That's a trance state. Now, what happens when they're in hypnosis, they're aware of everything. For instance, if your nose itches, please reach up and scratch it. If you're not comfortable, adjust your seat a little bit where you are. You're aware of everything. I can have you run around the block in hypnosis, and you wouldn't be aware of the fact you're in hypnosis. But you are. Number one. Number two, you can't be made to do anything against your will. If I asked you to reveal your deepest, darkest secret, and to tell me what your account numbers are, your credit card number is, and all this other stuff, You'd say, hey, go to hell and walk out of my office. And I wouldn't be amazed if you didn't want to slap my face for insulting you. You can't make anybody do anything against their will because they're always aware of their environment and what's going on. Yes, we can shove a pen through your hand and tell you it doesn't hurt, but you're still aware of the fact I'm shoving a pen through your hand. And yes, you will bleed, but we can actually coagulate that part of the area and stop the bleeding very rapidly. But that's because it's okay to do that. But if you want to bleed and you want it to hurt, you're going to scream and bleed because that's what you want. We can't do anything against your will. That's why I always tell my patients before we begin the session, I have two things we have to agree to. Number one, nothing will be done to you or for you without you being fully aware of it in advance while you're out of hypnosis now, right now in other words. And number two, nothing will be done to you without you being fully in awareness, and I have your permission to do it. And number three, of course, is let's sit down and agree upon what kind of result we want that will work for you, and I know personally is safe, and it's good for you. It won't hurt you. I'm very careful with my patients. I've never, I, we have 1.5 million patients have been hypnotized by me in group, in person, and on CDs, and through seven other therapists I've trained to work nationwide for me. We've been doing seminars we have, if you go on our website, you'll see we're endorsed by over 80 major organizations. California Highway Patrol, New York Nurses Association, Chicago's Teachers Union, State of Arkansas, City and County, San Francisco. Even the people who we build elect, uh, our, our nuclear submarines for, electric boat, we treated over 5,000 of their employees for smoking and weight loss. We've never had a complaint because we're careful. Mm -hmm. And we're upfront how it works. So Some this people is... can't be hypnotized, but those that can be, we're not worried about some weird devil going in them and all that nonsense. It is a science, sir. It is not a belief system. Yeah, so really, ahead. doctor, this is totally therapeutic what you do. I think what Carlton was referencing is people who do this without a conscience and who are seeking to mind control other people. But I'm thinking that in military or government experiments, um, those people, the subjects are drugged. And they have no resistance uh, okay. to what's happening. Let me, stop, let me stop you right there and help you with that. I'm glad you brought that up. Go back to 1950. 
The Supreme Court ruled. It went to the Supreme Court. Can you can you testify or can you hypnotize a person to reveal facts and use it as testimony in a court of law? Because the police departments are really big on getting hypnotists to interrogate people and to hypnotize them to confess or to wow. remembering the crime. Oh, that was a big deal. Oh, I had no so idea that. Court, Oh, yeah. The Supreme Court got a hold of this, and it went, it went up, and they had to make this decision. And after they got all the evidence presented to them, and man, they dug deep for the facts, the science, the truth. Here's what they said. All hypnosis is, in fact, self-hypnosis. It is you who hypnotizes you, not the hypnotist. The hypnotist is merely helping you get there. Now, look, you can hypnotize yourself if you know how, and if you're really good at it, you can do some wonderful achievements in your own life and self-improvement, and perhaps even get rid of some of your disorders. But the problem is most people are not objective enough with themselves to hypnotize themselves with sufficient depth to acquire that situation, in other words, to get it handled properly. So what happens, they have to resort to what's called heterohypnosis. That's when you find a person like myself who is qualified in that field to guide you into the state of hypnosis and provide you the programming that you otherwise would have provided yourself to probably do a better job of it. Okay? So therefore, but it was you who hypnotized you. I merely was guiding you in. It's kind of like you're driving the car and you've got your hands on the steering wheel, but you don't know quite how to get there. So I'm going to sit next to you in the front seat, and I'm going to tell you where to go and where to turn, and I'll even help you turn the steering wheel a little bit, and I'll tell you when to put on the brakes and when to go faster or slower. But it's you really driving that car because you're behind the wheel and you've got your foot on the gas pedal. So that's our – where are the guide? We're guiding you in because we know how it works and what to do and how to get you there. All right. Boy, this is kind so of complex. Gonna make you be a like... devil. Nobody's going to make you do anything weird. Nobody's going to make you do anything unless you oh. want to. There's a lot of people who suffer from what we call hysteria in the DSM-4 manual, which is the desk reference services that psychologists use to come up with uh, what's wrong with you after they've interviewed you. They have also insurance codes for billing and all that. But the point is, it cannot make you do anything crazy. If you are already crazy, and being very generous with these common words now, you're still going to be crazy during and after hypnosis. And if you have a problem that causes you to go into hysteria, you will become hysterical. And you'll act like a person who possessed because that's your belief system causing that hysteria. When in fact, there is no devil going in you. There is no such things. But you don't care. The belief system is very powerful. That's why we tell people you do not have to believe in hypnosis for it to work. You don't have to care if it works or not. There's only one thing you have to do as my patient. Whenever I ask you to do something or give you a direction, you do it your way, not my way. You do it your way. For instance, I might say something to you during the induction like, your large, your large thigh muscles are uncoiling. It feels good to let them become heavy on your chair. Well, it's up to you to let those puppies fall off. What do you care? But if you want to make them up tight and rigid, you're not going to go into hypnosis. But if you actually do as I ask you to do as I go through your body, and into your imagination, and you cause these things to happen your way, it's rather automatic. You're going to go very deeply into hypnosis. Are you going to act like you're possessed or weird? No. Not unless you're mentally ill to begin with. Because you're in hypnosis does not magically make you mentally normal. You're still going to act out with your particular disorder if it's very severe. All right? I hope that answers that gentleman's question. Yes, Carlton, are you still there? I don't know if he's still on the line. 
<laughs> it was a while ago. But I think you did cover it for him. Yeah. I'm just wondering, Doctor, if you've um, ever read the book, The Search for Bridie Murphy, which is Maury no, Bernstein's story. Probably you've no, heard of it. <laughs> yes, I have heard of it, but I haven't read it. There's so much out there to read. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, you know, this was a fellow, a business uh, person who um, didn't believe that hypnosis worked and also, I think, possibly didn't believe that we have multiple lives. He think, thought maybe we just had one earth life. And he hypnotized this woman. Um, he became an amateur hypnotherapist out of um, just curiosity about it. And her mm -hmm. husband was there. He witnessed it. Um, she started sounding like a young girl with an Irish accent and started recounting stories of having lived in Ireland in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And this fascinated him. So then he started, you know, to, well, he went, actually went to Ireland at one point to try to substantiate, did this place exist and did this bridges exist? And, you know, is this real, in other words, um, which was, it's a very interesting book. But I'm wondering, have past lives ever come up? Or has a different they personality do. surfaced? They, they do. Yeah, let me explain to you what's going on there. All of right. course, as I was at the final level of achieving my doctorate and so forth, uh, I looked very deeply into this. Uh, and I was concerned about, is there multiple past lives and this sort of thing? Also, how can people be hypnotized? And they can do things and speak even in, in languages that they were incapable of before they are hypnotized. Uh, of where they were in the past, that they are Americans today, but they were raised as a Greek in the Greek yeah. Isles, and they will speak Greek, and you wonder, how in the heck did they do that? And then they go back and they tell you about certain places and situations which there's no way in hell they could possibly know. Yeah. Here's how this happened. We found this out. When we go deeper and finally get into the, <laughs> the deep recesses of the subconscious mind, the truth will prevail, okay? <laughs> Mm -hmm. What happened, if you take and think about every language you've listened to, now just think about that, over the radio, television, conversations on the street, in a restaurant, wherever you may have picked it up, you have heard virtually hundreds of different languages in your lifetime. Okay? Number one. Sure. Number two, you have seen many, many things like travel logs, movies, certain information about certain countries what their buildings look like, their capitals, their their, their countryside, uh, their belief systems, their particular habits, their culture. Over the years, you have subconsciously, beneath your conscious awareness, absorbed all of that data into your subconscious mind. And it's stored very nicely in billions of brain cells, okay? And ready to be activated by the mind. Now understand, your mind is not in your brain. Most people think it is or that the brain somehow makes mind work. It's just the opposite. Your mind is all around you. It's through you. Your brain is an organic computer powered by electricity made from the chemistry within its cells. It has synapses like little cells that give off charges through, through nerves, which are like little wires, and these cells are connected together to fire and completely bring up a perfect picture of whatever is in that mind of yours. Now, if you had listened to the Spanish and Mexican language, and you don't know how to speak Spanish, I can hypnotize you, and you can speak Spanish flawlessly, but only up to the point of what you've heard. And would you understand what it means? Maybe, maybe not. Depends what was going on in the time the Spanish or the, the Mexicans were speaking. This is true of Russians and everybody else you've heard. Now, think about it just for a moment. How many different languages have you heard? 
Now, if there's a language you've never heard, let's say it's Samoyan or something, something very far out, you would not be able to come to me and say, you used to be a Samoyan and speak Samoyan, because it ain't going to happen. But when I regress you back, the subconscious mind is saying, remember, it can't think logically. It's just saying, I'm supposed to now be going back into some other time before I am now. It will then start reaching into languages and cultures. And it will start coming up with, here's where you lived, how you lived, why you lived, and you can speak that language, and you can even go back hundreds. Sometimes people go back to when they were, with a, you know, uh, an Egyptian pharaoh sort of thing. Most people come back usually as somebody that's, you know, incredibly important. That's ego. You know, they were the, they were the uh, King Henry or somebody, okay? It's rather novel to us. And then sometimes they just come back as a commoner. Sometimes they'll start screaming they're being burned at the stake because they were found out they were a witch and they weren't. We've seen all these things, okay? It is in the subconscious mind those programs exist. And once they're there, with the client's permission, we can immediately remove them. It's very refreshing. Because the subconscious mind can't think. It's reaching wherever it can to come up with some solution because I am asking it to go back and find out who they were previously prior to this life. Got news for you. This is your first life. <laughs> there is no past life. Okay? Believing in such is a form of what we call hysteria. It is not a mental disorder. It is a, well, it is a disorder, but it's not a mental disorder to any significant degree that it hurts you or, or society. It's a belief system. And remember, belief is very, very powerful. Okay? Belief has created and destroyed nations. It's ego-driven. So we got to be careful. When people have belief systems and you, people write books about it, and the person who writes the book was doing so very innocently. He really saw people doing this. She was from Ireland, and she spoke Gaelic and uh, or with an Irish accent, and she named the town and how she lived and where she lived and all the sort of things in the book and these other things they've looked at. But we can hypnotize these people and take this back further until the subconscious mind is exhausted. It can't figure out where to go next. So then it just pops into another another life. Goes from Ireland, now it'll start, she'll start speaking French. And she's going back further. Then she'll go into something in Russian. Then she'll start garbling something like, we've seen people act like, act like cave people. Until they're exhausted. Until there's no time. And you can take them that far. And that's how far that subconscious mind will be to satisfy a program. Does the the subconscious remember everything we've ever seen or heard or done? I heard that somewhere. Is that possible? So you, you, you remember is, is sort of an expression. What it does, it stores it like a computer. Stores it, yes. The problem is, it. it stores it in brain cells, yes. It's the mind that activates it. That's the purpose of the mind. If, the, if I could rip your mind out of, your, out of you, you would instantly fall dead on the floor. You can't oh. function without mind. Mind yeah. is the development and gift to you Mind, in fact, let's put it this way, the eternal spirit, whatever you believe that might be, many people call it traditionally the Holy Ghost, which is rather primitive, it's the eternal spirit, is the God of mind. It is the creation of mind. It's one of its functions. And therefore, everybody has mind if they have a sound brain. You can have the most wonderful computer program in the world, which we'd call mind, but if you haven't got a good program that can play it, it isn't worth a darn. So you got to have a good brain, and you put that together with a good mind, and you have, generally speaking, a very, very potentially bright person, a very happy person, because everything works as it was intended to. Put a bad brain in a person, give them all the mind you want, and they end up in a wheelchair like some very bright geniuses have. They're still geniuses, but they can't function right physically. And on the other side, you can have a person that's physically superb, 
but they got a mind where they fell off the turnip wagon and they just can't make it through life. Yeah. So it is the balanced mind and physical self that is what's ideal as we are as mortals today. All right. And your question is, when you go back into time and space, your subconscious mind will actually reach so far it goes beyond time and space. And that's when it starts jumping into different lifestyles, different created beings, and coming up with different situations. And how did she remember exactly where that place was in Ireland and what its name was and all that matched up? Well, which travel log did she get it from? Did she ever take a trip back there? I don't know. But we would find out what she saw or what gave her that information that got into those cells in her brain through the mind, and the mind has simply gone back in the subconscious and pulled them back up again, and she verbally speaks them. And that, of course, drives people nuts because they don't understand why. Now you know why. And we've proven it hundreds and hundreds of times through thousands of patients we've treated. Well, I'm wondering, say if you're going to help help someone stop overeating or stop eating the foods that just aren't good for them, um, they mm-hmm. want to drop weight, but they also want to stop, say, a compulsive snacking habit, which so many people mm-hmm. in this culture have. You put mm-hmm. someone into a hypnotic state, and then how do you know what it is that's driving the compulsion to overeat or to snack too much? How do yeah, you get you to that, that place? Up. Like I sent you, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So like I sent you a letter, bring this up, but you're doing it anyway. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what is causing this is simple, and it is really simple. This used to really bother us, too. And you got to remember, I work with some very, 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 very good therapists. I mean, these are brilliant, brilliant people. They are also doctors. And we collaborate a lot together. And these are volunteers that have worked with us for years. They are wonderful. And they work with some very wonderful people in the field of mind as well. So wherefrom I speak is the real thing. In this case here, your situation is simple. I'm going to ask you a question, and we'll answer your question. Fair enough? Here's the question. Have you, do you have little children, or did you have children in your lifetime? No, not I didn't have children. Okay. Let's assume you did. Let's assume you had uh, an adorable little girl, okay? And she's five or six years old. She's a sweetheart. She's in good health. You're, you've been a good mom. But at the same time, you may notice that you're way, way overweight. Now, would you take that child and feed her in such a manner that would also cause her to become morbidly obese? No, you would never do that because why? You love and like the child. You mm. want the best for that child. Now, here comes the $64 question. Why are you doing that to yourself? Mm. Pretty hard to argue out of that one because you are. Look down at your belly. If you want proof, there's all the proof you need. So why are you doing that to yourself? And But you wouldn't do it to somebody else you love. It's very simple. It's, uh, it's very obvious, isn't it? You don't love yourself. That means you have a self-esteem problem. You don't like who and what you are for a variety of reasons, which you're lodged into and programmed and stuck in that subconscious mind of yours. You're not okay. Okay? Now, this also derives from certain situations that are very, very common. Here's one that's the most common. At some time in your past, before you became really, really overweight, you did something you did not supposed to do and never got caught for it. Your mom told you not to steal, not to lie. Your primary caretakers try to teach you to be good. And when you did something that was really bad, at least in your mind as a youngster, except maybe you took 50 cents out of your mommy's purse to go buy a popsicle with or something. Well, your subconscious mind has that program, and you shouldn't steal. You should be good to your mommy. Right? But you went ahead anyway and consciously came up with 
Well, taking 50 cents to get a popsicle. Your subconscious mind got that out of record. And now it says, oh, you did something wrong, and I have a program in me, essentially, that says when you do something like that, like stealing, yeah, well, you're supposed to be punished for that, but you weren't caught, so nobody's punishing you. So I guess it's up to me to make sure you get punished. So the subconscious mind causes you to do things to yourself or even others to cause you to suffer. In this case, it has you do something that's pretty much socially acceptable, doesn't bother other people too much, but it makes your life miserable. And it made you compulsively eat too much of the wrong kind of food long enough to become morbidly obese, which means you're 20% or more over your ideal healthy weight. And you've tried dieting, you've tried everything, you've tried every program out there. And they all failed. In fact, you may have lost a little bit of weight, but you notice you gained more back than when you started. That's because your subconscious mind is saying, uh-uh, you're supposed to be punished for what you did. Remember when you took that 50 cents out of your mommy's purse? Yeah, you're going to pay. And so we're going to make you even fatter. Now, I'm using this to knowledge and understand how it works, what really happens. Now, here is the issue. What would happen if we could remove that program by getting past that Marine sentry? And believe me, he would love to get it. let us buy on that one. Go to subconscious mind. Eliminate that program that there's nothing wrong with you. There really never was. What took place was just a childish endeavor. It's forgotten and over with, and you're completely forgiven, not only by yourself or any other particular power above you you may believe in. It's gone. It's finished. It has no more authority over you. Meanwhile, we're going to replace that with a new program that says, you know what? There's nothing wrong with you. There never was. You're a forgiven person. You're wholesome. You're healthy. And we know you're not a thief. And your mommy, well, she'd laugh at this. But she even knew about it. You're okay. Now we bring you out of hypnosis with that new program. And all of a sudden, it's not okay to be overweight anymore. You're, the punishment's over with. You see, the conscious mind will punish you right into the grave. The problem yes. is it can't think logically. So to yes. keep you fat for the rest of your life, it doesn't say, oh, I'll just keep you fat for a year and that's your punishment. No, it doesn't know better. It can't think that way. All it knows is you're supposed to be punished and it just keeps punishing you. This is why people do some really stupid things. They can't stay married. They bankrupt. They can't get along. They can't keep a job. Uh, they drive their motorcycle through fiery hoops. They jump out of airplanes and parachute. They do all kinds of things to ca cause themselves to suffer. And when you ask who is really ultimately responsible for the suffering, they may want to blame it on somebody else, but they better look at themselves in the mirror in the morning when they're brushing their teeth and shaving and combing their hair. That's the person that's responsible. And inside that uh, brain of theirs is an operating subconscious mind that is making those things happen to them. So they're out of control. They can't fix it because they can't get rid of the program. This is why they'll go to drinking and doing drugs. They want to disguise the program so it can't affect them under that state. That just causes more problems. So let's do some hypnotherapy, go in and get that damn program out of there and replace it with something really decent, kind, loving, and powerful to get the job done for you. And that's what we do as hypnotherapists. Sure. Well, what strikes me as you're describing that, and I want to invite the panel members to ask a question if they'd like to, as we sure. only have about another 12 minutes or so coming up to the end of mm -hmm. the hour. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, what strikes me as fascinating is that we go from behavior modification, so we criticize the daylights out of ourselves. We're not talking to that child 
inside who's really still hurting or lost mm-hmm. or blaming himself or herself. Mm-hmm. And we're trying self-criticism and we're just trying to modify behavior. So we're coming at it from the outside, which is crazy. It's kind of like saying, well, there's bad plumbing inside your house. And so there's water springing up, you know, in the dining room or whatever. And we're outside trying to make it stop raining or something. <laughs> we're doing good exactly analogy, the, yeah. yeah, the wrong yeah. thing. <laughs> And when you turn the but, water off, the person dies. Exactly. So yeah, yeah you've got it right on. Now there, there's look, there's virtually over 400 different kinds of hypnotherapy sessions, and there are several hundred techniques to achieve those sessions. It's a very broad field. So what does a patient do, or what does a person do? Well, who do I see? What do I look for if I'm yeah. going to use hypnosis to solve a problem? I'll give you some advice on that. It's very sound. First of all, when you find somebody, wherever you do, it can be online in the yellow pages, sometimes in newspapers, uh, hypnotist advertise. First of all, if they refer to themselves as a hypnotist, don't do anything with them because that's all they are. They have no board certification. They have no proof of training or education in that field. If they are a hypnotherapist, they should ideally have a master's degree in psychology as part of that background, and they should have at least two years of formal training in a state-certified licensed school that features clinical hypnotherapy uh, as, as a course uh, of uh, study, a primary. All right, if they got that far, you're pretty safe, and I probably wouldn't even consider one unless they've had three to five years of good training and they can give me at least three very good, good references that are a real deal, check out good references. On the other hand, if I really had a serious issue or I want to make sure I'm going to get the very best which is probably the best way to save the most money, I might add, I would ask for a doctor of clinical hypnotherapy. He has a doctorate philosophy, um, or a philosophy doctorate in clinical hypnotherapy. That means he has gone through about eight years of college, of which four years is university training, two years internship. And uh, he's hypnotized several hundreds of people for the deepest particular problems for which hypnotherapy can be used. He also has references from psychology, uh, or psychologists and medical doctors, to work with them to help their patients. That's when they're getting the best. The particular fee for such a person at that level typically is $140 for a 50-minute session. Uh, in our particular case, we will go two hours for the same amount of money because we're nonprofit. That's to help us cover the cost of our operating our website and such because there's no salary. We, we have a very low overhead. Now, we also provide a website which has over 21 different hypnosis sessions on it for different kinds of issues. Most of them are for self-improvement. So we do the weight loss there, smoking cessation. Those are very common. Exercise, motivation, stress relief, depression relief, and so forth. So you go to the site. It's kind of fun. After you click the links, it tells you all kinds of stuff, how hypnosis works and about New Life Clinics and the charitable things we're doing with the, with the donations we receive and so on. We have nothing for sale. If you want to get a, a hypnosis session download off of our website, you're certainly welcome to do so under two conditions. Number one, you get a free session first and try it out before you spend a dime. Our ethics say if it doesn't work for you, you should not have to pay for it. That's just the way we think. Excellent. That's, that's, that's ethical. Number two, sure. if after doing the free session you see a benefit or result from it, you like the experience, then you can own that very same session. We'll download it to your cell phone or your computer. You'll own it for life. It's yours. You can use it as often as you feel you're necessary or as we had directed. And you can get that session for $20 donation. And when you get the session, it's our way of saying thank you for your $2 or $20 support. 
That money immediately goes right back out to feed hungry kids and other things we're doing. But it pays the overhead to run the trust to get things done for people that are in a world of hurt that just cannot help themselves. So that's what we do. So you got to, we got some really fun sessions there you can get. Uh, the smoking cessation, we found the most the biggest question we've had on that incident, I'll bring this up as an aside here, is Dr. Dean, what would happen to me if I'm in this deep hypnosis session using this download and my computer battery dies and I'm in deep hypnosis? What would happen to me? Okay. Or you have a massive coronary thrombosis and we're in private session and you fall dead on the floor while I'm in a hypnotic trance. There's what happened to you. After about 15 or 20 minutes of being in a hypnotic sleep, which is where your body is asleep, but your mind is really alert, you're always aware of what's going on. You would transfer, because you're so deeply relaxed, into a nocturnal sleep like you do at night when you're sleeping in bed. Yes. You would eventually then transfer that to a different uh, beta wave. You'd be going into a nocturnal sleep like you do when you're snoring. And you'd have a nice nap. And after you're all napped up, you'd wake up and see me there dead on the floor. Of course, you'd step over me, go outside, and have a cigarette. Hmm. You can't get stuck in hypnosis is the point here. <laughs> okay. You can't be made Fantastic. to do it. It's the safest therapy on the planet. If it's done properly, it is extremely safe. And I so, just want to encourage people. go to our people, website, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, newlifehypnosis.org, okay? Yeah, it's, New, it's, yes, it's like very important old. you put the dot, dot .org on there because there's a new life yeah. hypnosis outfit at .com out of England that's totally different, doesn't have anything to do with us. It's right. HTTPS, New Life Hypnosis. And hypnosis is spelled H-Y-P, not H-I-P. Newlifehypnosis.org and that'll get you right in there and you're going to have a ball when you go on that site. There's all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff in there. There's stuff that makes you feel good. There's stuff that makes you happy. There's stuff that makes people attracted to you. We have all kinds of reasons for that kind of therapy and if you just sit there, take 20-25 minutes, do a free session. When you come out of it, you physically feel like you're 18. You'll love it. You'll feel fantastic. Then you know Wonderful. it works. And if you want to own it, get it. Sure. Wonderful. If anyone on the panel has a question, please go ahead and ask. That's so, fine. Robert? Go, go ahead, Tara. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask after. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jeanette. Um, Randy. Um, Robert, is that okay I call you Robert? Oh, that's fine. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or Dr. Robert. Most people call me Dr. Bob because I'm pretty late Bob guy. <laughs> I like that. Bob, Dr. Bob. Okay. Um, I was thinking of a scenario that we all witness and all because um, we're going back to the Aurora shooting at the Aurora Theater in Aurora, Cal- uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And the person that did the shooting was studying to be a neurosurgeon. And the black ops got a hold of him and they gave him some kind of a capsule that erased his memory. And it also erased a lot of things where he couldn't do school at all anymore. And they literally created a... a, a, a different scenario and this is all everything you said uh they did with this capsule the opposite and this this character 
went and killed all those people and does and actually if i remember carefully help me help me caroline but i think he didn't do it i think yeah so another another black op did it but they had everybody believing that he did it and he doesn't remember and, and to this day he's in jail and he doesn't remember this is what i was let referencing me, let me help you with that one i understand what happened here's what happened you can create amnesia with hypnosis now if i asked you for instance and i've done this many times in group sessions i have a married couple sitting in the front row and I have them in hypnosis, and I, I say, and everybody else is not in hypnosis, just the two I put in hypnosis. This is what's called a convincer. And I hypnotize these two people, and I say, you will not know and you will not remember that you're married to each other. In fact, you won't even recognize each other after I've awakened you until I snap my fingers, and then you'll remember who you both are in your relationship. All right, wow. on the count of three, you'll be wide awake. One, two, three. Okay, now what happens, persons wake up, and they look around, and the audience is kind of chuckling. They don't think much of it. And then I'll walk up and I'll say, do you two know each other? And they look at each other and they shake their head no. Then the audience starts laughing and they're wondering why everybody's laughing. Then I say, are you sure you don't know this person? No. And then the guy says, no, I've never seen her before. And I says, well, what's your last name? He'd say Johnson. And I'd go over to her, what's your last name, dear? And she says, Johnson. Really? Well, how come you both have the name Johnson you don't know each other? And they say, well, it's a coincidence. I said, would you both mind getting out your driver's license out of your wallet, please, and show them to me? And they both get their license out, and they both look at the license, and they see they have the same address, the same last name. And I say, well, do you guys live together? And they say, well, no, I don't have anybody living. And then the audience really starts cracking up. That's amnesia. Now, let's say at that point I dropped dead. I had a cardiac, <laughs> massive, massive thrombosis, a bad cardiac attack, okay? And I fall dead on the floor, right there. What would happen to those people? They would not know each other for two or three days, up to a week. But eventually, within five to seven days, they will dream out that hypnotic program. You see, the reason your subconscious mind dreams, it's where the dream takes place, beneath conscious awareness. It's how it gets rid of all the trash it has in it. You get a lot of trash put in your mind every day. Look at the stuff you watch online. People buying bad news. People getting upset in traffic, it goes on. All that stuff goes into the subconscious mind. It's trash. Your subconscious mind doesn't want it in there. And so it dreams it out. That's how it gets rid of it. If you couldn't dream, if I kept you in sleep deprivation for 10 to 14 days, you'd go insane. You have to dream it out. You have to sleep. Right? So what's happening here is, is this person that's in amnesia dreams out the programming that says they can't remember and they wake up on the fourth or fifth day and realize, oh, that's my wife. Oh, yeah, that's my husband. All right, that's temporary. To make it permanent, I'd have to hypnotize you to not remember what I what you wanted to forget on 21 separate sessions within a 30-day period. Then it can be a permanent amnesia. We completely shut activity of the cells holding that data, completely shut them off. Huh? Now, does Barry, that answer your question? Uh, well, I'm going to put it this way. This person is that, and they have been using this stuff, as I understand it, for all these black ops. And well, it may be and it may not be, dear. We really don't know. A lot of it is conjecture, hearsay, rumor. All we can do in this particular telephone call is answer questions about hypnosis that are intelligent. 
to conjecture. It has been used by our government to cause people to do very bad things or to do things that, that you would normally not do. They may have used hypnosis. It's possible. But remember, that person cannot be hypnotized unless they want to be. You can't be forced into hypnosis. You can't be yeah. made to do anything against your will once you're in hypnosis and even after you're out of it. It can't be done. So if he went out and shot a bunch of people, or he didn't, is a moot point. He was blamed for it. Right. I get that. Did they create amnesia of what... It, I don't know. It's possible. It could, he could have had a, a severe case of amnesia had he been hypnotized enough times. But he had to submit to it. He had to want it. Well, and if he was That's drugged, he wouldn't have had much so. of a choice. Yeah, see, Dr. You know. Bob, he was drugged. You can't hold yeah. a gun to somebody's head and tell them they're going to go into hypnosis. It's impossible. Yeah. No, but I'm not talking about hypnosis. I'm talking about the drug and the specific name of the drug. I I have it. Well, somewhere. my dear, look, can I ask you a question? We're tonight. People are coming in to listen about and find out about hypnotherapy, hypnosis, and all about that. To go into something that has it's obviously not related to what we're talking about here. I can't help you with it. I have no knowledge yeah. about these. It's things. really something different. I can offer it's something different to your conversation. Yeah, I, I can't help you with that. I, when I'm when yeah. I don't know, I say so. <laughs> All right, uh, it comes yeah. to sagacity and wisdom. Right. I've been on the planet. It's a different a issue, <laughs> really, John. It's a different issue. Yeah. But we want to yeah. thank we want to thank Dr. Bob for being here. Um, it's a fascinating issue, and really. I would say to anyone listening, this is so worth looking into. If you can't figure out what's going on that you've tried and tried to quit smoking or to quit overeating or eating foods that are bad for you, or you keep drawing in, you know, the same cycles in life, you keep settling for the same job that's not good for you or the same partner or whatever, things just seem to be in a cycle and you've tried to change things outwardly and you've criticized yourself and put yourself down. Uh, but that is no motivation for change, believe me. So if you can go to newlifehypnosis.org um, and read about Dr. Robert Dean, his background and what they offer, um, the sessions, you know, they offer really a lot. You can do bundles. <laughs> you can do an individual session. You can get a CD. Um, yeah, those bundles, incidentally, are amazing. Here you can get sure. six, it's 20 three different hypnosis sessions for $65. That makes them come in under th a little over $3 a piece. There's nothing in the wide world web that will offer you any quality, real professional hypnosis done by a doctor online for anywhere near that price. They're going to be going $25, $35, $50 a session because we're nonprofit. We're not, we don't, well, first of all, we're not interested in making a profit. Anything we have left over after paying our overhead costs to operate as a trust, which is very low, immediately goes out to help folks that just need help. And we've got all the evidence and proof. We back our mind up. We back our mouth up. The IRS, everybody else is completely aware, and they've designated us 501c3, 509a2, a publicly owned charitable trust. The people of the United States owns New Life Clinics. We are merely volunteer servants that really love to do what we do for the people. That's the fact. Oh, wonderful. Now, you're located in Kingman, Arizona. Can you work yes. with people over Skype or something like can, that? Yes, yes. When you go to our website, the first thing you're going to see is you can either be hypnotized on a telephone or by Skype or, of course, in person. It's the same fee because, and here's why, hypnosis is words. You don't have to have physical presence with a hypnotherapist to be in hypnosis. I could have your entire audience in hypnosis if you, if, of course, I wouldn't do it, but 
if I did hypnotize everybody and everybody listening to the program right now submitted to the fact they would like to enjoy a stress relief hypnosis session, then everybody would be put into hypnosis and relieved of stress and brought out of it feeling a lot better than before they tuned in. It's words. So since it's words, it's very well done on the phone. And I don't have to worry about a person being injured or any problems because we go through a little bit of a ritual before we begin the session to make sure they're fully prepared to be hypnotized safely. they got to be in a chair with the back and arms. Put the dog out. You know, that sort of thing. Turn off your cell phones and so forth and, 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 and other ones and things that make noise. Have the children be quiet and all those sort of things. We have 15 things we ask them to check before they get to go to the bathroom. You see what I'm saying? Now you can have a decent session. And we begin the session. You're cozy. You're safe. You're comfortable. You're always aware. If somebody rings the doorbell or bangs on the door, you'll get up and answer it. You'll just be doing it in hypnosis. And if you need to come out of the hypnosis session, you will do so on your own. You cannot be controlled. You are controlling. It's not my job to control you as a hypnotherapist. It's my job to get you back in control of yourself. Absolutely. Wonderful. I see you You have them for happiness, for confidence, for having fun, for exercise, oh, yeah. motivation, feeling yeah. good, ending the blues, which is great. Dream date, common discomfort relief, sleeping uh, healthfully, you know, attracting others. Absolutely wonderful. Those are all issues that everybody grapples with at one point or another. So again, if you're going to... is the dream date. That, that's rather amazing. <laughs> I, I will leave you with that. Here's how it really works. Okay. It was initially for women, but now a guy can listen to it only so he understands what's going on. Once a woman has been hypnotized to have gone on her dream date, all right, she should not tell her husband what happened because he can't compete with that. <laughs> that oh, okay. We're going to make you a very wealthy woman, and you're going to own a yacht. It's going to be parked out in the harbor area of a beautiful private island. It's gorgeous. You've got a party going on. and All that starts going into subconscious mind. You begin to feel it. Live it. It is real to you. At this point, you're going to meet a very nice gentleman who's also on the yacht, just your ideal person, the way he looks and acts and behaves, a very nice person. Really, you feel good around this man. And he invites you to, to, to go to dinner tonight. He's going to send over his beautiful Chris Craft uh, speedboat to pick you up at 7. And you're, you're there. You're ready to go. You're dressed to kill. You look great. You get in the boat. They take you over to the dock. He's there to meet you, hold you by the hand helps you up on the dock, and you go down the dock to this gorgeous five-star restaurant. You have a lovely dinner, lovely wine, great conversation. You have fun. It was a wonderful day. He then takes you back to the Chris Craft. They ferry you back over to your yacht. You go downstairs into your bedroom. You get undressed. You're very comfortable. You're sleepy. You've had a wonderful date. you got a smile on your face. You slide into those beautiful silk sheets, and you notice the portholes around your bed. You can see the moon in the setting and sailboats in the distance and the night and the stars and you hear lapping waves to the side of the boat and it makes you very sleepy and very relaxed and you drift off with that lovely smile and that good feeling you had a dream date and then you woke up from that <laughs> and you nice. feel fantastic it is i don't care how old you are what you look like what's going on or what you think you actually will actually feel as if you went on that date it's wonderful it's good for you it's healthy all right on the other hand that men are buying it more than women. And the reason why they're buying it as a gift to their girlfriends and their wives saying, honey, I want you to use this and be hypnotized. It's a lot of fun. But remember that guy that's going to ask you for the date? That's really me. Very clever of them. Yes. 
Very smart. <laughs> okay. Caroline, That's kind of funny. Randy, so I think Randy had a question. A oh, Randy. Go ahead. We don't want to keep Dr. Dean forever, but go ahead. Oh, don't it's, worry about it's it. Past it's, nine. It's, it's earlier here yeah. than where you're at. So go ahead, Randy. Thank you. Well, I am just in awe of your expertise in your field, Dr. Bob, because I've been doing self-hypnosis for many, many years. I remember I went to see a man called Ravine on stage. He said, look, you can't be hypnotized because you have to agree to it. And I already right. know you're not going to agree to come up here and be like a chicken. And you <laughs> said the very good word, which was okay. agreeance. And I'll tell you something about self-hypnosis from own, my own personal experience. I used to race automobiles. Everybody said, you're absolutely out of your mind that you want to do that. I said, no, it's my way to relax, and it's my way to have fun. And they said, well, how do you do it? I, said, I just talked to my co-driver. What do you mean? There is no co-driver. I said, it's me. I just sit in both chairs and listen to that ding-dong in the back seat telling me what to do. And that's exactly it. You have to listen to yourself. Because as you say, Dr. Dean... We get a wrong, we get a, a bad program. And to me, what I have observed is I have observed watching children now. Now, I never had any children myself, but I've watched other children grow up. And it's really sad to see an absolutely, totally creative soul be beautiful until they go to school and they lose that within one year. That's the, yeah. that's the one thing that we collectively as human beings some way have to resolve and quick because I see too many gifted children being stifled. Yeah. Jesus Christ, if you want to look at it this way, or any of the other great prophets and, and uh, I would say spiritually oriented people that have a connection with that that's greater than all of us. Uh, what you have here is children that they were beautiful, lovely children. They get exposed to their environment in the schools, which is by and large very, very bad in many ways. Bad teachers, and it's not the teacher's fault, it's politics, it's money, follow the dollar. It, it's all tied together in a web. But the point is, these kids are being programmed the wrong way. And part of that is the, the, the ego cause. In other words, the ego has to be satisfied. So therefore, you've got to dress cool, you've got to be cool, you've got to speak in strange ways that, that, that the way children speak. You've got to believe in certain things. You've got to think you have to have certain things. You can't live without a cell phone if you're a kid, and so forth. These are all programs. If we go back before cell phones were even invented, what did kids do then? And go back prior to that. There's always an ego-driven structure. And that ego is caused by people that are being programmed to be evil. Literally bad people. And they, they spread that badness to the child's mind. Now, the mind takes over, doesn't know better, it cannot think logically. Subconscious mind simply goes for that behavior because the ego drives it that way, and you got, you got a problem kid, a delinquent. We see it all the time. This is where more and more people are starting to wake up and realize good hypnotherapy is the best way to help a child. We can help children age six on up. If they're with, but they must be accompanied by a, a, a qualified legal caretaker. And incidentally, when we do a lot of privates, we invite them to bring in a friend to observe. If they want, they can record the session or videotape it. We've got nothing to hide. They get a kick out of it because we take them so deep sometimes in hypnosis, they actually drool. They're so relaxed. They wake up and drool on their shirt or something. 
And they don't, they, they see the problem is you can't feel hypnosis. You just can't. It does not create any physical feeling. You can't taste it, smell it, hear it, uh, or feel it. It is, it's like, have you ever seen a, have you ever, have you ever seen a, a mind walk through your living room? Have you ever seen a thought walk across the street? No, it's intangible. And hypnosis is the same way. So how do you know you've been hypnotized when you are taken out of hypnosis? You don't know. Unless I put something in there, a program that causes you to behave in such a way it's not how you normally would, and it would only be briefly. For instance, sometimes we'll have a person take his shoe off and just leave it off. So he's got one shoe on and one off, and he wakes up that way. And we're going to tell him, you're not going to recall that. Or you may recall it, but you won't know why. And then after we say, how are you feeling? I feel great. Oh, he's stretching. He's feeling wonderful. They say, well, well, how come you've only got one shoe on your foot? And they'll say, really? And I'll look down. And now it's because we asked you to take it off and you didn't remember that because we asked you not to remember it briefly. Or you don't know why you did it. Can you tell me why you did it? And he'd say, no, I don't know. Did you do that? I'd say, no, you did it. Now they know hypnosis works. But until then, they would leave the session saying, I don't know if this worked or not. I know I feel okay, but you know, I don't feel any different right now. You won't feel different until you get into that elevator and go up a 20-story building because you have a fear of heights, and all of a sudden, it doesn't bother you. It's a beautiful view. So people go out and test it, and they play with it. That's why we give them a free hypnosis session on our website so they can find out what it's like. They can test it and find out if they can be hypnotized. 10% of the population cannot be hypnotized. And the reason why is because their IQ is not at a high enough level to be hypnotized. The truth is, the brighter you are, the smarter you are, the more intelligent you are, the more susceptible you are to hypnosis. If I gave you a, a Stanford Binet IQ test, it's a very good intelligence test, and you scored 50 or below, in old-fashioned Freudian time, times, uh, you'd, be, you'd be called a moron. You'd be classified as one. Morons can't be hypnotized. The brighter you are, the more susceptible you are to hypnosis. So bright people do very well with hypnosis. Fortunately, most people who contact me are not morons because, frankly, a moron would have difficulty contacting. That's not an issue. But I've seen where people were not very bright, and it, it, they can't stay focused. They can't pay attention very long. And so they don't get to where we can, where we can guide them. So far, everybody I've listened to on this show sounds pretty bright to me, very reasonable and very hypnotizable. So don't think you can't be. Another thing, it doesn't mean you're gullible. Therefore, people who are gullible are thought of as low-minded, stupid, and so forth. Such is not true. It doesn't mean you're gullible if you can be hypnotized. It means you're intelligent. And you've really got an advantage there to take advantage of that intelligence and pay attention to the therapist to be properly and safely guided into a state of hypnosis, an altered state of mind, where you and I can go into that mind of yours, that subconscious mind, and fix it. Get out of it what you don't want in there and put in there what you do want and let the mind do the work after that. Let it drive you down the road. Let it tie your shoes and also let it do the program that you want in there. Understand? Uh, Bob? Yep. Yeah, it sounds to me like a uh, basic requirement is that you can trust the person. Right? Yes. No. That makes sense. Yeah. And I was just thinking, this is so valuable, but, you know, all those kids that are living in places like the Northern Triangle where they can't do anything unless if they want to eat, they've got to do get involved with 
drug gang or some kind of thing like that, and they end up in all kinds of trouble. And uh, it's got to do with, you know, how do you access those people, you know? Well, the thing is, look at any gang. Look at the 13s that President Trump speaks of and so forth and the, the gangs. These are people that I actually have, in other words, they have the mental capacity and the physical brain to be very bright people. Yes. But they lack the programming and the training to become intelligent. Intelligent means nothing more. You have the capability of understanding and, and doing things with your brain competently. The more you know about things, the more intelligent you are. Okay? Some people are damn near walking, talking encyclopedia dictionaries and everything else. They really know a lot. They're intelligent. But they may not have what's called common sense. And they do some strange things because of that. On the other hand, a balance of good common sense, which means common things which are acceptable in our society is the right way, the healthy way, the decent way to be and live, combined with knowing a lot, makes you a leader, makes you really, really do well. And those are the people we generally get in for private hypnosis because they get past all the wives' tales and all the uh, the religious nonsense put out by ignorant pastors who don't know even how to spell hypnosis, but they believe that uh, yeah, Lucifer and his gang can possess you and make you do weird things. Look, I know it's in the Bible. I know about the the, the the pigs, you know, casting out the demons. What you had there was a person who was mentally retarded, behaved very strangely. There were particular personages in that day called midway creatures, which were part of the satanic rebellion, that would enter these people and cause them to act that way. And when Christ spoke and said, "We are," and he answered, "We are legions," he cast them out into the pigs. And, of course, they ran off a cliff. Unfortunately, that was a pig-producing culture that he was in at that point, that town, and they asked him to leave because their economy was destroyed. But there's no possession of a demonic-type personality or personage. It doesn't work that way. Lots of movies out there. A lot of people see these strange things in movies and in books and so forth, and that goes to program and subconscious mind. They begin to believe it. And then when their pastoral authorities and so forth start to preach this is the way it is, they believe it. And when you believe it, then you can become possessed. But your subconscious mind is going to carry out a program, which in fact is not real. And you're living in a lie. You're living in your altered reality, not real reality. And so that is what we well, we've seen people come in and say they're possessed, or they said their kid's possessed. And when they, when we, they saw what we did to bring that out of people, there wasn't some demon we drew out of there. It was a program we discovered how it got in there and got rid of it. You're going is to it, have to come back, Dr. Bob, because we could do this for to. another 20 hours. Yeah, we really will. I mean, what you're bringing up in now is not a whole other can of worms, and it's fascinating. Um, but I just want to repeat the name of your website because um, I think what you're offering people is so empowering because again we just mainly deal with life on the surface but we live our whole being our energy our consciousness is below that surface <laughs> so you need to go below the surface to really change things and affect real healing and i think hypnotherapy is one of the ways in which to do that so again it's new life hypnosis.org i would really encourage people to look into it and um, we have to thank Dr. Bob for being here. Um, absolutely wonderful. We'll have to have you back. We really will, because we could oh, keep talking for another hour. So I'll be happy to chat with you and your people. I I, I really like the hard, hard questions, 
I like to get rid of the wives' tales and so forth and beliefs sure. that are lies and nonsense. But also, I hope that I have been able to get through to some people in your audience tonight that really are having terrible problems in their relationships with their marriage or other issues, their work and so forth. And they, they think, why me? I'm always being hurt. You've got this glue yeah. over your head all the time. I, that's because you're programmed to feel and behave that way. It's not your fault. You yeah. didn't really make it happen. It got in there and it made itself happen to you. You can get it removed and replaced yeah. with what you really want in there and then look out. You're, you're going to be, you're the man, you're the woman. You're going to be going straight ahead where you want to go. But until that happens, you're banging your head against a wall. You cannot overpower your subconscious mind. It's impossible. It's the most powerful yeah. entity on this planet. So stop trying to beat up what can't be beat up, but you can sure as heck adjust it, fine tune it, clean out the bad stuff, put good stuff in there, and then you're rip-roaring the direction you want to go. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Doctor. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for being here. And we you're want welcome. to thank the panel and everyone. And um, Don, if you've got the music ready, that would be great. But we'll say good evening. And many blessings, or good morning, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> and um, huge blessings to everyone. Thank you so well, good much. Good evening, and thank you for having me as, as a guest on your show. I appreciate you very much for that. You have a good evening now. Oh, thank you for being here, Doctor. Many blessings. Take care now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Hey. Good night. Good day, all. So I don't know if Don is there to play our music. Music maestro. Music maestro is the magic phrase. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't Otherwise, see. I, let's just put a good visualization that Marita Robert made it home and good and safe. And yes, safe. of course. Yeah. You sent her I, a lot I, of love. I heard from Penny that it's going to go to places like minus 27 tonight, tomorrow, the next day, stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. In Canada or in the Midwest? And now Penny lives in Alberta. Yeah, she's in Alberta. Canada. But she was talking about north of there, wasn't she? Being about minus 30 centigrade. Minus nope. 30 centigrade. Her brother was there, something like that. That's dang nope. cold. That's gonna, <laughs> degrees below zero. It's going to be right, right where she is, uh, Caroline, right where she is. Oh, my golly. And I got piles of snow, and I'm just like. She's, oh, those poor kids. She, <laughs> oh, we love our Canadian friends. So yeah. it's freezing there. They've got fires in Australia, and it's freezing like mad in, in Canada. So oh. life doesn't always make sense. <laughs> In Canada, in in, uh, in Australia, over a billion animals have died now. Well, they reported that. I think that's actually a, a billion have been affected. I read a, a report that said a billion have been affected, not died. So um, I think those reports that said a billion had died were excessive. That was, um, unless they're including tiny animals and insects and whatnot, because that would be a well, lot. You know. I, I'm just going to say a half a billion did die for sure. And it's very uh, sad. I, I don't know. But then there's 227 human beings that are dead now because they've been saying. Oh, golly. Oh. Quite, yeah. And um, oh, I pray for them every day. Over 200 fires now instead of 100. It's, oh, golly. 
Well, they've had problems with arsonists like we had here in California. They've got a couple of arsonists here in California. I I am 100% sure there's evil involved. Yeah. And and that's what's happening here with this event uh, that's, you know, coming up here this Sunday is that that is where this door where evil is dwelling gets sealed. And then, you know, there's a follow-up to it, you know. And we all have had an incredible demonstration tonight of what, what we can do and how powerful we are. What an amazing guest. There are people in Australia posting pictures of direct energy weapons being used in parts of Australia as well. Yeah, it would not surprise me. Absolutely. Because we have the then same thing The California. other thing people don't realize about Australia, a lot of the, a lot of the outback sections the people that live there, they keep a takeaway bag at the door. Where when they know a fire's yeah. coming, they just leave, grab the takeaway bag. It's got their IDs, it's got food, it's got everything, and they just leave the area because when those fires come and the winds come, it's so fast. Yep, so fast. Yes, our brothers Don yep. and Doug know all about it. Yep, <laughs> I can tell you, Don and Doug are there right now. It's it's the same thing with a flood, because I've lived yeah. through a flood. Yeah, that's not fun. When it, when it happens and it comes and it gets to a certain point, your bilge pumps and sump pumps, you might as well just unplug them and throw them away because it's not going to do anything. It rises so fast. Yeah. Boy, bless them. That's rough. Boy. There isn't anything we ask for that we can't handle. That's what they say. Nasara, now I, I I never know what to do with that that line that philosophy. <laughs> I feel like saying, "Are you sure?" But anyway, yeah, Nasara, now good gravy. I feel like it's all coming to a head. And I wanted to ask. Well, obviously it is, but I wanted to ask: Do you think Prince Harry is a white knight? Did anyone give any indication to Rama? Oh yes, Prince Harry's talked to Rama many times, and Prince Harry. Okay talking with President Putin for years and years and years. Oh, and my gosh. Prince Harry was the one that told Rama that he learned from Putin that Putin is over 500 years old. And he's not wow. the only one that knows that. But what I'm saying is, yeah, Prince Harry is a faction three white knight. Okay, wonderful. All right. You know, the thing is, and- they're... Putting this nonsense out. I'm sorry, Randy. Just give me one second. Go ahead. They're they're putting this stuff out on the BBC. I was reading today. The Queen is hurt. The Queen is upset. Listen, you don't sit down with that female and tell her what you're going to do. She would tell you what's going on and what's going to happen if you don't follow orders. That's a mob family. That's a mobster family. And people who know the truth, they know it. I'm sorry to have to say. All right. All that pretty ceremonialism. Um, she's a tough broad, and if you don't go their way, you're in trouble. Uh, there was no, there was no discussion. There was no way there was going to be a discussion. Oh, Your Majesty, we, we, my wife and I would prefer to live our own lives. That's not going to forget it. All, all you hear in England. The first time I lived in England, long term, you know, for a year or more. This, they would come up with this. You know, I'd be at work and whatever, and I'd suggest this and that. Oh, no, you can't. You know, <laughs> there are two favorite words to put together at the same time. They love their rules. 
they feel that safe inside those boundaries. But what it means is that people are pretty much controlled. They don't have free reign. They don't have their own sovereignty. And well, Harry proclaims his sovereignty. And I think, you know, he said to the media, I saw my mother going through this and now my wife. I mean, clearly he doesn't want to relive a nightmare. No, but I was I wanted to comment that since 2008 February, uh, the Queen is a hologram, a solid. Hologram. Oh yes, indeed. But and, I mean, she's still on that program, isn't she? She's carrying out the dark program. There's something evil, just like we were talking about with Donald Trump. That's that pyramid over, over and above that. Sure. That's doing all of this. The other thing is that physically the body has got something, I think it's bladder cancer. Not 100% sure, but I, I, I just, it's, it's been announced a couple, some months ago. And, and, when you, and when you understand the coding of the language that they use for yeah. these people, they yeah. always write a loop back sequence into it. Which means if something ever happens, it loops back to the beginning of the program and away they go. That's why yeah. they stumble. That's why they stall their words. That's why they, they go like, and then the program's looping to go back to the beginning to reset. That's what's going on with that. It's a robotic-style yeah. programming. Right. Exactly yep. Yep. It's a robotic-style yep. programming. Yep. And the thing is, the thing is, all the good programmers have left. They went and they've seen the light. So these guys are running on the old programs. Oh, yes, they are. They are. The other thing is that they said that that cancer is inoperable, which, um, again, that pyramid is probably decided to end that program, you know, you might say, although they can reproduce another one if they want to, you know, I, in other words, they leave our options open, this, that, or the other, which, what are we going to do next, you know, just to get what they want. But the power that, that's of the whole the, thing that we discovered when we did our healing spa, you have to get past that programming. Yeah. Once you can get the person past that programming, they can heal, and sometimes they do absolute miracles. When one woman comes, she was about stage three cancer. She had a great big tumor. It was You could see it. It was blowing up. She said, I have five days. That's all I can do. So the first day was spent in teaching her how to change her mindset, change everything else. On the fourth day, all hell broke loose. The tumor broke. It literally fussed itself out of the body. The next day she reported, and on the seventh day she was fine. She went to the hospital. She got everything verified by the experts that she was okay, and mm -hmm. that's fine. That's the power Excellent. of the mind over Absolutely. Empathy. Absolutely. Because I'll tell you something from my own personal experience. When you do extreme sports, there's a very fine line between fear and excitement. And the people that can hold that line between the fear and the excitement are the people that do very well in the extreme sports. Because huh. that drawing that fine line, you know how far you can push yourself. And the real good ones, when they have an accident, they say, that's it. I've crossed my line. 
I can no longer hold that space and time. So I'm going to do the smart thing. I'm going to retire. Ah. But unfortunately, in that game, there are, like you say, the overlords and everything else. You have your sponsors. No, you got to do this. That, the, and to me, that's what ruined the entire sport. That's what people don't understand about all these sports that we see, that we love on TV. What's behind all of it? Money. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And the control of the money. Because in the, in the game of, the Americans will understand this, in the game of NASCAR, it's a good old boys club. And if you ain't in the club, well, you don't get the money, you don't get the wins, you don't get the notoriety. <laughs> I was going to read something real quick, uh, if everybody doesn't mind. It's by Albert Camus, and he says, there is always a man, in man an element that rejects love. It's the element that wants to die. It wants, it's, it's what asks to be forgiven. Yeah. That's powerful. Very powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. So that's, that you might see is the fine line that we're going through on a global scale right now. Just a few little problems. We're playing with nuclear weapons. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, my golly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like Rama has said many times that Ashtar has said no nukes, no mass extinction events. And I channeled something today from the collective that I'm going to put out tomorrow because um, someone emailed me and said, what have the collective got to say about what's going on right now, you know, with the situation with Iran and could this escalate into World War Three or whatever, which I think we've already been in for a while. Um, but they said, it's interesting. Well, I won't try to encapsulate the whole 1500 word <laughs> channeling except to say no nukes and no mass extinction events um basically is similar it's with their message is very very similar it's basically what they were saying and they also just want us to stop looking for a savior or hoping you know they want us to co-create the new earth and not just sort of hope things will be okay like we're always we're taught so much passivity you know watch the news and see what your fate's well, going to be and it's so sad the tell lie vision. Throw away yeah. the tell lie vision. <laughs> I did, and I feel a lot better. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people say, well, you don't have TV? No, we took cable away years ago. What entertainment do you have? I say, I have two cats. That's the, old, that's the only, that's the entertainment that I have. And, and a fairy, fairy in the back garden. In the yard, back garden, have, yeah. We, we have, there's so many other beings. If you just go out in nature, they're there. And if you relax enough and get yourself into that, oh, they've always been there. This is, they've always been there. It's just now that our consciousness is aware enough to deal with it. To deal with it. Yep. You know, and 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 are we still on the air? Does anyone yeah. know? Yes. Okay. Yes. You're well, not supposed to ask a question like that when you're actually on the air. I don't know what well, happened with Don. Don, are you there? Because we're just chattering. That's okay. <laughs> chattering. That's what this, it's the Stargate round table. Yeah, and that's I yeah. here. Did you want to get off the air? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could have music. That would be fine. If Randy's done. <laughs> 